With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. The last two defensive coaches that faced off in the in the uh, Super Bowl were Bill Belichick and Dan Quinn. Both of them had great offensive coordinators, Kyle Shanahan, Josh McDaniels, great quarterbacks and Tom Brady and Matt Ryan when he was rolling at the time. But since then, every head coach that has won a Super Bowl, take out Belichick and Brady, has been an offensive coach with an excellent quarterback. Hey, Rick Spielman breaking it all down. He's coming back, media, for at least a year. Yeah. Um, do, we, is, is that, do we have another clip? Yeah, too? we do have another one from, from Rick Spielman here. Let's hear, let's hear from let's media, media Rick here. Let's hear more. But there's something unique about these guys is when the pressure is on, and some of these guys, you don't have to have a great whole game. But when it's the fourth quarter, the game is on the line. It's third down. You need to keep the chains moving. These guys find a way to get it done. And you can go through all the things that I have spoken about, but truly you have to find the answer to that burning bush question. What make these guys great? Talking about quarterbacks. He also, there was a comment too in that, that was on Colin Cowherd's show, that the the most important thing, regardless of an offensive or defensive-minded head coach, is for the head coach to have a great relationship with his quarterback. You could just see the steam coming out of his Too bad he didn't think that in 2018. <laughs> I know. Well, it's his fault, right? I know it is. Yes, it is. He's And he's done a good job doing some media this week. But uh, this is Purple Daily presented by Surly Brewing Company and our friends at TCL. Great TVs for, for championship weekend viewing. Uh, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Mackie, Judd, executive producer Declan. And uh, every week, we go through the comment section of YouTube of the Score North app. It's Purple Daily Reads the Comments. And let's start with this one here from David Wynn via the Score North app. You guys should do an updated NFL quarterback ranking now that we've watched the season play out. What are your current quarterback rankings? And where do you have Kirk Cousins? So I will say he didn't put this in here, but let's take contract out of it. Yep. Because like you might say, well, this guy make you know, you know, Joe right. Burrow is on a rookie scale contract, yep. so therefore he's number one. So let's yep. take contract out of it. Where would you rank Kirk Cousins? Let's start with Judd. So do you want me to go through with the list to get down to Cousins, or just tell you where I would rank Cousins? What an ironic question. 
looking to your coach to tell you what to do. Because I just work here. <laughs> All right. Whatever, whatever my, number, my number one quarterback. You call is, the plays. Your headset's out. My number one. Pa- <laughs> I mean, I, I just, you know, I try and show up for the show on time, and then I'm asked to audible and do things. All right. Number one on my list is the Patrick Mahomes. No surprise there. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Brady. That's six. Wow. Stafford, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Carr, Russell Wilson. Whoa. Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tanner. So you think Russ is cooked? Right. Uh, Yes, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about him. Ah. Um, but but that's not the important thing. The important thing is is who cares who the first thirteen are? Where do I put Cousins? Tannehill at thir- so Lamar Jackson at twelve, Ryan Tannehill at thirteen, Kirk Cousins right now at fourteen. Um, Tannehill and Cousins to me are very close, so I will I will say that. So Kirk could easily jump to thirteen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm pretty locked into the twelve above Kirk as far as my current rankings go. So I, I have Kirk and I'm sure that the Crusaders will be very upset at Judd Zolga this weekend, but I have Kirk at 14. <laughs> All right. I have. So, okay. Buzz through yours one more time. Mahomes, Rogers, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Brady, Stafford, Murray, Prescott, Carr. That's 10. Wilson at 11, uh, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk cousins, Kirk cousins at 14. Okay. I have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady as my top three. Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers rounding out my five. Maybe, maybe I just it's the it's the last game I saw of Rodgers, but I just uh, I can't unsee some of these performances in playoff games. I don't know. Okay, he definitely his regular season numbers are amazing, and he he's a great front running quarterback when things are going well. But there's just something about him. Got it. Uh, Justin Herbert, six, Matthew Stafford, seven. I'm going to stop there for a second. Cause I, I put this out on Twitter and the biggest pushback I've gotten is Matthew Stafford that high. No, he's below 500 with the Lions. The lions are the worst franchise in North American sports history for 50 years. The fact that he was able to drag that franchise to any level of success for a few years is a huge testament to him. And now that he's with a real franchise, you're seeing what's happening. And I don't want to hear, well, see, well, the, couldn't that be Kirk? You can't compare the Vikings the last four years to the Lions for the 12 years that Matthew Stafford was there. So Stafford, seven. Russell Wilson, eight. I'd love to see him without Pete Carroll. Like I'd, I'd be curious. Uh, Deshaun Watson, nine. Kyler Murray, 10. Lamar Jackson, 11. Probably the guy that's fallen the most. He had a bad year. Dak Prescott, 12. Derek Carr, 13. I also have Kirk Cousins, 14th. And I, I, I went a little bit further here just to put it into context. Uh, 15th, Ryan Tannehill. 16, Jimmy G. 17, Carson Wentz. 18, Matt Ryan. 19, Mac Jones. 20th, Jalen Hurts. I will listen on Baker Mayfield when he's healthy. Probably put him in the top 20 there somewhere, but not too high. Probably like 18th. Sure. So Mahomes, Allen, Brady... Burrow Rogers, that's my five. Herbert Stafford, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray round out my top ten. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, fourteenth. Okay. So we're both fourteen. 
14 for you guys. All right, I have Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. One, two, three. I'm, I'm all in on Joe Burrow. The dude is awesome. The Bengals are still kind of meh, but Joe Burrow is so great that he's lifting them up. Good for Joe Burrow. I have him third. I think he's the next next best thing after Mahomes and Allen. Uh, I have Brady Rogers, Herbert, four, five, six. I was a Herbert doubter going in this year. I was. I just needed to see it again. The dude is damn good. I don't trust his coach at all. I think his infrastructure is kind of trash, but he is just, damn just, talented. It's fourth and thirty-two, coach. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're at the we're, we're at our own six-yard line. I don't care. I don't care. Go for Go it. Go for it. We don't punt. So poor Justin Herbert, but he's damn good. I'm six. I actually have Russell Wilson seventh. I still, yeah. I'm still buying stock on Russell Wilson. I, I think just things are getting stale in Seattle, and that's why I have him ahead of Stafford. Stafford's good. Stafford is in much better infrastructure. Yes, but it's not comparable between the Lions and the Vikings and wins and loss. That You cannot put those two in the same sentence to me. And Stafford, too, still has tendencies to shipwreck games. Now, he's got some Farvinian to him, as Judd likes to say, where he can make some heroic throws and some amazing throws, but he also can shipwreck a game pretty damn quick. So he's eighth for me. I actually have Lamar Jackson still ninth. Um, I like Lamar Jackson a lot. He's so dynamic and unique that it's hard to game plan for him. I think teams are figuring out a little bit more who he is, and they're limiting what he can and can't do. But he's still so dynamic, I'm I'm not going to completely omit him from the top 10 yet. I have Kyler Murray 10th. Kyler's interesting. I think we might have seen his ceiling. He's still really good. He's still dynamic. Uh, Another kind of iffy head coach there. Maybe he needs the right head coach to really unlock the next level. But he's still widely talented. He can make a ton of throws. He moves well with his feet. He's 10th for me. I then have Derek Carr at 11. I like Carr. Him and Cousins, you could, so you could convince me that Cousins, you'd take Cousins over Carr. It would take some convincing. But the intangibles for Carr are on a completely different universe compared to Kirk. I think I think throw-wise, athletic-wise, any, any other of those just... Box score tendencies, yes, you can put Carr and Cousins in the same bin. I have Carr above Cousins for that reason. I have Dak 12 and then Kirk Cousins 13. Okay. So I have Cousins 13 and then Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Tua, Teddy, Carson Wentz. I'm so out on Carson Wentz. That's a that's just a I, – I can't stand him. I, I'm good did you mention Teddy? I did mention Teddy. I would take Teddy over Carson Wentz. I would, too. I would take Teddy Britt and Tua over Carson Wentz. And Baker mm-hmm. over Carson Wentz. I can't do it. Yeah, he just spazzes, man. Yeah. Like some of the weird oh. plays that guy makes. Uh, but but for the sake of the, of the ranking, I have Kirk yeah. 13th on my list. All right, so thir- 14, 14, and 13. So he's, he's a slightly above average starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes. That's, that's fine. So he's one of the 14 best quarterbacks in the world. But um, you're paying him... You're, you're paying him to do much more than that. Okay. You like that? You like that? So, and some of these run together here, so let's get to this one. Eugene McCarthy via the Score North app. What is the bare minimum you would take in a trade for Kirk Cousins? You know, I think I think I would need a third-round pick at, at the least. I, I would like a second-round pick, and, and I would start by asking for a first-round pick. But I'm going to try – so my pitch for you to take Kirk off my hands is going to start with – despite the fact I really don't believe this completely, but who cares um, – is going to start with the Stafford trade. Because because I will say this. If you put Kirk with the right coach, I would say 
sky's the limit for him. I mean, come on. Now, do I believe that deep down? No, I obviously don't, but who cares? Um, so I would ask for a first or second round pick, but I think at the end of the day, if you talk me down to a third, I'd probably still take a third uh, to dump the contract. Anything after a third, I'm probably skittish about because I do think he's at least worth a, a third round pick. As again, as Phil said, a guy that we all just said is still a is still a fringe top half of the league quarterback. I, I think the minimum for me is also a third. I I don't know if you can get a first for him. I don't think it's a surefire thing you can get a first round pick for him. I think it's more of finding the team that's desperate enough to do that. Like the the, the when we're trying to figure out who Kirk could get traded to, like Carolina is desperate enough that they would probably give you a first round pick. I don't think it'd be this year's first round picks. They're like seventh or eighth on on and for this year's draft pick. But I could see them giving you your twenty. 23 first round draft pick and if this year was a second or a third or a less sweetener deal because there obviously would be the thinking that well we're going to be good in 2023 so we're not going to mortgage a top 10 pick right now to give you him it's finding the team that would be desperate enough to give you a first round pick I don't think a team like the Steelers or Browns necessarily are loved are in love with the idea of giving up a first round pick for Kirk Cousins yeah, I don't honestly. I don't know that there's a like a bare minimum. I'm I'm more interested in clearing cap space and moving on to the next you know, iteration of Vikings quarterback. I do think it's, I don't think there's a scenario where like the entire league stonewalls you and says, I won't even give you a six round pick. Somebody will give you a pick and then, yes. you know, extend him for a year or two to smooth out that cap hit. I would love to get a second round pick. A first round pick is where I'm starting. I'd love to go and, you know, get a first round pick or a second round pick. Uh, Kevin Fessler via YouTube says Judd is right. Kirk is the easiest current player to move on from because of the nature of the position and the nature of the person Kirk is intangibles at defensive end, offensive tackle or cornerback, which are the three most important positions outside of quarterback are not important. I, I disagree with that. I mean, intangibles are always important, but, but in sports, not just football intangibles like leadership and moxie means so much more at the quarterback position. Kirk lacks intangibles across the board. And if you want to throw intangibles, he's a below-level athlete at the position. I think it's a fairly easy decision. Yeah, it's perfect. Yes, 100%. I think we're losing losing Judd here, by the way. Just a little bit. Let's put Judd in timeout and see if we can (laughs) reboot that that Wi-Fi. Um, Yeah, like, that's the thing. if, if, If I was paying a lot less money, like, people... Kyler Murray is a good example. There's some reports and some and some things coming out of Phoenix about him not being the best leader. He's kind of a you know more of an introverted guy, etc. And that's not that big of a, I mean it's a big deal. But if you're only paying him a rookie scale contract and you're not paying him you know twenty percent of the salary cap, all right, well whatever. Like maybe we can maybe he can become a better leader over the next four or five years, uh, and we can build a monster roster around him. But when your quarterback eats up that much money. And he's a below level athlete, and he's a below level, you know, leader, et cetera. Right. It's harder to justify. Yeah, I mean, and and that's why I'm curious on like the Lamar Jackson example because Lamar is a a freaking nature athlete, but teams are figuring him out a little bit more. He had some train wreck games where he threw like four or five picks this year, but the Ravens were still able to win some games. And Jim Harbaugh in general was able to basically change their entire offense and franchise direction because they got a new quarterback. And I think Lamar also has leadership intangibles too. I do. Um, but Kirk, it just, there's none of that that works for him. He's not athletic. He's not mobile. He's 33, 34. 
Like, we know who he is. Russell Wilson gets flack because he's kind of a dork, right? Like, he, I think he's incredibly smart and insightful, but people think he's kind of, like, dorky and a little bit nerdy. But Russell Wilson is also damn good and has won a Super Bowl before. So there, it's those weird entangles you got to balance in and out. And with Kirk, I, just, I, don't, I don't think there's more to be unlocked there. I think he is who he is. Yeah. Uh, our guy Pulford Skoll via the YouTube comment section says, write this down. The Vikings' next head coach is coming from the NFC Championship game. Really hoping D'Amico Ryans gets the job and brings Mike McDaniels with. He's the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. <laughs> this organization just needs youthfulness, care, respect, and fun again. Zimmer, one could argue, hung a black cloud. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loop this one in here, too. Mike Packa via the Scornoff app says, Aloha, I've been a Vikings fan since 1961. Currently, I'm a season ticket holder that lives on Maui. To my thought, it feels like my Vikings have finally finally have a chance to be fun again. In my opinion, football players excel when they are allowed to play the game. Um, I agree on just it doesn't youthfulness, like I don't I don't need like a 33-year-old head coach necessarily, but um I think just having some guys come in here and just breathe some air into yeah. it. Like, let's not be uptight. Let's have this is fun, guys. We don't have to, you know, it's like Mike Zimmer was grinding every time they played a close game. He was like, ah, it's angsty. It's like, no, this is fun. You guys are playing close games. It's, it's, yeah. it's football. So I, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious on D'Amico Ryan's. I think he actually is a pretty damn good leader and people seem to really have a gravitational towards him. I, like I said, I told you guys, I think a few months ago, I had no idea he was a DC until like watching a primetime game earlier this year. It's like that D'Amico Ryan's the ones that was playing for like the Eagles and Texans like three years ago. Um, I, I think just there's that new younger wave and, and you don't have to be in love with the veteran NFL guy who's been there and done that. I, I, I forget who it was. It might've been Arthur Smith wherever the coach of the Falcons was to this year, went on an insane, ridiculous like rant about young people and analytics taking over games. And the reason I'm successful is because I've been there and done that. And I've coached high school and I've done college and I've been in and out of these walks of life. And I'm 55 and 60 and I have more experience than you basically is what he was trying to say. But these younger people, it's just like analytics. It's taking all the information. It's not being married to analytics. It's not being married to an eye test. It's taking all the stuff. And that's what Quezzy, I think, was so insightful on. I'm not going to just defer to one of these things. I want all the information. I want to talk to all parties. And then I will gather the best decision make, making for my own self and for the rest of this franchise. I think that says a lot. Yeah, I think I, I do think. Let's see if Judd's back here, by the way. Let's see if his Wi-Fi is back. A little bit. In Any out. better? His audio's fine. No, you're, uh, you're frozen. Yeah. If your audio's fine, we can make it work yeah. here. Um, so Pulford School thinks that the Vikings' next head coach is coming from the NFC Championship game. So that would mean D'Amico Ryans. It would mean Raheem Morris, Kevin O'Connell. Those are the the three candidates on the Vikings list. And then uh, he brings up Mike McDaniels as a as a, I don't think you're going to get both coordinators, but there is a chance that you could get one of those guys as a head coach. And then if you wanted to give like let's say let's say Raheem Morris became the head coach, and then you wanted to give Kevin O'Connell play calling duties as a coordinator because he doesn't call plays. You could explore that route, but imagine stealing both coordinators from the Rams. <laughs> it just yeah, seems a little unrealistic. I don't know what what you would have to give O'Connell as far as a title though, because I don't think that you can just give him play calling duties with the same title. I think the Rams can block that then. So you'd have to be like assistant head coach. I don't know. Yeah, you'd, it'd have to be something more probably. Okay. Um, let's see here. KG on Twitter says, 
You guys need to educate people on three items that actually have nothing to do with Kirk Cousins. Number one, win-loss records are not an individual measuring tool. No, especially in the, in the – I don't think anyone's saying that, like, win-loss records are the only thing that matters for quarterbacks. My contention has been if you look at 100-plus starts, 150 starts, the best quarterbacks, their influence on a roster will result in more wins than losses, many more wins than losses. And Kirk Cousins being 500 after like 100, whatever it is, 120, 130 career starts is kind of a red flag. It probably means that he's not having the positive influence like his numbers would suggest that he is. Uh, Number two, that cap space utilization is not correlated to playoff appearances. Well, of course it's not. Every team spends about the same amount of money. It's how you spend the money within the salary cap. It's not like baseball where teams that spend more money, like teams don't spend more money. There's a salary cap. And number three, quarterback scarcity dictates that you pay the position above all others. Here's another one, another misconception. Just because there's a there's, you know, let's say 18 viable starting quarterbacks and 32 teams, doesn't mean that you should desperately be paying the 12th and 15th and 18th best quarterbacks 20 percent of your salary cap. Well, that's the market rate. Then don't pay it. (laughs) Draft somebody instead or find a bridge quarterback until you, you know, until you draft somebody. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on KG wanting us to uh, straighten some of those things. I think KG might need to be straightened out based on that question. That's right. Uh, Let's see here. Cole Davis via the scorner app. Would it be better for the Vikings to trade Cousins before or after a potential Aaron Rodgers trade? Um, it would probably be better for them to trade him after because I think that the reality is the teams that are going to be in on Rodgers aren't going to back off until it's known where he's going, nor nor should they. Like the Broncos, the Broncos, I don't think, are go- going to say, Rodgers or Cousins, we can't decide. We'll just take one of them. So I think the best move is to wait until Aaron is traded, and then and then you go to the really desperate teams that thought they might be in on him, and I think you could probably get more that way. Uh, Jason Pakovich via the Scornorth app says it is okay to swing and miss on a rookie quarterback. It'll happen, but the real crime is not trying again, which is what Spielman uh, did, among other issues. 100% correct. You've got to keep going back. Mm -hmm. Ryan Schmitz via the Scornorth app. Love the insight from Tyler Fornis from Climbing the Pocket. Would love to hear more from him in the future. So he's going to be kind of a de facto draft correspondent for us. He does an awesome job. He's going to be at the senior bowl next week. So we'll talk to him about his observations, but yeah, he's a, he's awesome. He's, he's a young dude trying to make a career out of this thing in the industry. And so we'll definitely get him on to, to break down some drafts. Um, Drew Klein via Twitter. Love the podcast. Uh, Been nice to see some hopeful and realistic Vikings fans talk about the team. Amen. I know we have no clue who the co- head coach will be, but do we have any ideas or thoughts on an offensive coordinator? Oh, you know, I think that's going to depend on who the head coach is, if if that makes sense, to tie in the connection then. For instance, um, I believe there's a connection, if I'm not mistaken, between O'Connell, who could be the head coach, and the guy from the Giants, who the Vikings now are going to suddenly talk to for their head coaching job, 
But the reality is they could be talking to him for that job, but more importantly, to see how he feels about O'Connell. And then he could be the D.C. here. So I, I think it's going to be very hard to say who the coordinators are going to be until we see the coach, because I don't think these I don't think that Quasi or the people or the group of seven that's involved in making the hirings right now, you guys, I don't think they're going to get involved in coordinators. I think it's that that's going to be ultimately Quasi and the selection to be coach. Yeah, I think it's funny that we're super hyper obsessed with who's the next head coach, but then the next layer that well, who's going to be the next OC? Like and and is that OC and the coach sharing play calling duties? Is that head coach, if it's a defensive guy, going to deflect all of it? Like how is all that going to work? I think that's like kind of the next fun layer that honestly the speculation and conversations start with. It's not just who the next head coach is, who are the next coordinators, offense and defense for that matter. Yeah, a lot more Wikipedia searching. That's right. I got a question. For, hey, what what is your your guys' thoughts about this too? If they get a young coach and you know. Quasi's what, forty or so? He's young as well. What is? Do you guys think that they need to bring in or would bring in veteran coordinators, or do you try and get a staff full of younger people who understand exactly what the mission is, both in game and, and in personnel? I want a. F- it's not about age as much to me, but I want a sure. forward-thinking offensive coordinator. I want, and I, I think I think they're going to wind up landing on a young head coach. You know, someone under the age of 45, like Raheem Morris seems like the oldest guy on their short list right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even this Giants defensive coordinator that they're interviewing sometime this weekend, he's like 43. I want a grizzled Vic Fangio so you do. defensive coordinator. Okay, question mm-hmm. for you, though. With what recent if- success, with recent success. Like, I, I, I don't need a bunch of 35-year-olds. I want some level of life experience and coaching experience okay what if Vic Fangio though is is sort of because he's good but he's sort of old school football guy who has his philosophy about this is how I play and and Quasi and the new coach are like well that's great um but we have some principles here too about how we think in games and things should be done does that I would like to think that my guy Vic Fangio is open minded to a discussion about how to evolve. But okay. if he's not, Fair I, enough. I, I'm not looking to be an ageist here. I don't I, I, I think sometimes it's easy to say anyone over the age of fifty is an old curmudgeonly football guy. That's I mean true. that's not true about Andy Reid. It's not true about Bill Belichick. It's not true about Nick Saban at right. Alabama. Like these guys have evolved over I hear you. You know, so I you know I I want someone if they hire an offensive minded coach, like let's especially if they hire this Kevin O'Connell who's in his thirties from the Rams, I need some sort of established veteran defensive presence to be the de facto head coach of, of that side of the ball. So All right. So your your basically philosophy is what McVay did with the Rams with his in his first, I think, year or two when Wade Phillips was his DC, and eventually, yeah. as McVeigh got more experience, then he, he brought in uh, guys more his age to coach defense. Yep. Okay, all right, I see that. Yeah, I just don't think, and yeah, I'm I'm 36. Like, I don't think you can have a bunch of 35, 36 year olds running the most important. Like, you can't just have all young people. Mm-hmm. But you're I, right. You have to have progressive thinking, older people then though who who don't come in and basically try and. Sh- and shoot things down because, damn it, that's not how I like to do things. So, yeah, that's the balancing act. Yep. Um, 
you know, it's a balancing act when you're trying to lose weight too. You know, you don't want to cut out all of the fun foods and that's yep. where Olivia has helped you. And you know what I'm going to, to do? I'm going to give you the clear choice here. So like you don't have to, if you're trying to drop pounds, you don't have to go through the process of, of zooming and wondering, okay, I'm going to talk to place A, B or C and now D. Uh-uh. Livia Weight Control Centers is the place for you. You're asking now, Judd, how do you know this? It's because I've dropped 30 plus pounds because of them. And I want you to join me on the I Did It eight week challenge where you get your first eight weeks for free. Let me contextualize that. In the first eight weeks, I lost 26 pounds. In other words, I'm telling you right now that if, if you join this program, which is easy, uh, the dietitian's incredibly helpful, you can drop 20 plus pounds in the first eight weeks for free. Springtime's here. All of a sudden, you're looking good. Your clothes fit. It's this simple. Call today, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. I've cut out all the shopping because I'm telling you right now, this is the place to go to drop the weight. And you know what? Tell them Score North and Judd told you. Yeah. And I'll I'll give you this one here, too. It doesn't mean that you can't have a beer once in a while. You've been able to balance both for the last three months. Life is all about, Phil Mackey, a balancing act. Mm -hmm. That is what sports is about. That's what business is about. And that is what life is about. And when I choose to have a beer, in fact, you know what? Sunday, championship, right? Championship Sunday, two football games. Hopefully, they're both great. But I can assure you that your Sunday will be perfect if you mix in the Surly Furious IPA. That's exactly right. In fact, I want you on Sunday to tweet me your pictures. I want you to show me your Cans. Uh, show us your cans. Yeah. Yes. At Jay Zolgad on Twitter. Because you know what? The games, they might not be great. Your pet might pee on the carpet. You might get in a fight with the wife. But if you've got a Surly Furious by you, you're still doing things right. Amen. Amen. All right. A couple more here uh, as we read the comments on Purple Daily. Rebecca via YouTube says, while I, reg- while I agree with much of what you guys say, I don't necessarily agree with your opinion that the Vikings can't compete with the likes of the Rams, 49ers, Chiefs, etc. next season in 2022. We did compete with two of those teams this year. Both games were very close despite so many flaws with this team. We also beat the Packers. I'm just saying there's no reason to think we're so far away from those teams. We should always be trying to win. Um. Okay, Rebecca, I totally get your point, and, and I appreciate it. I guess my feeling is this, though. I would like the the new administration to have the opportunity to build a Super Bowl team, and I feel like trying to say, well, we lost close games. That's very us. Like, we're like, well, we hung in there. Um, Losing it, close games is, is, is a bad thing. Like, it yeah. means that you haven't – you play that many close games and you lose that many close games – you hadn't figured out how to win close games. Right, exactly. So, Coaching, quarterback, yeah. Yep, so my my opinion is this. I don't think trying to win games in 2022, if you do, that's great. But I don't think that that is the mission. Again, um, Kwesi's not going to talk about results. He's going to talk about the process. And that might drive people absolutely crazy. Sometimes it drives me nuts. But it also makes some sense. And the process is building a roster and building a team that can win a Super Bowl. I don't think realistically, guys, that that is going to come in 2022. But I do think with the mission of Purple Daily being we want to see them win a Super Bowl before 
we all die, probably unfortunately, starting with me, is that the fact is you have to build that team, and they're not there yet. And so I, I guess I'm tired of close losses or they beat the Packers once. I want to see this team be a perennial playoff contender that makes deep playoff runs where, where that's the expectation. Also, that's it. this isn't college football where you're gonna get you're gonna get spreads that are you know twenty one point favorites, thirty point favorites, sixty point favorites, right? Like even in the most lopsided games, the pregame point spreads are twelve, fifteen points. Sometimes you'll see like a seventeen or an eighteen point spread. Absolutely, and that's the worst teams playing the best teams. Yep. I mean, hell, the the Jets played close games against good teams this year. So the the Lions played close. The Lions almost beat the Rams in L.A. So and the Lions did beat the Vikings. They played the Packers tough. So I don't think you can be fooled by playing close games against teams because you could play that game all across the board with almost any team in the NFL. If you're losing close games, I don't think it's a badge of honor to say that we're almost there. Especially like you know if you if you start to look too at Mike Zimmer's record and Kirk Cousins' record against teams with winning records, it's awful. I mean, Zimmer was like 20, 30 games under 500 against teams that finished the season with a winning record. Oh, but there's some close games in there. Well, that's that's something to celebrate, I guess. So uh, raising the bar here, not just celebrating moral victories. And then uh, Devin White via YouTube says, Mackie is not a real reporter. He's a Google Wikipedia guy. I love Wikipedia. Wikipedia's great. Record. Okay. Pathetic. Are you guys? You guys. You guys are killing me with all of this reckless speculation. Try talking about. Try talking about what is versus what could be. Never. Reckless speculation. Was this a note from Patrick circa 2012? Patrick Royce. Yes. Yes, Patrick Royce. I don't know, Devin. You know, you either get the reckless speculation lifestyle or you don't. You're killing me. Killing me softly with reckless speculation. uh, If we were talking about what is, then we would still be talking about, I guess, the Vikings' failures under Mike Zimmer and Spiel. It's more fun to speculate on what might become. Why wouldn't to dwell on the past? So I'm an old guy, and I got a question. What What's the issue with people who are sports fans who don't? enjoy the reckless speculation lifestyle ah, just uh some people just don't live the lifestyle but i mean fine. it's sports that it lends itself to, to it it's fun we like just did you... a, we just did a jim harbaugh episode too by the way if you want to check that out on four question friday definitely hit us up great on, this, stuff. on the purple daily but, youtube channel but like if i came on th- this show and and recklessly speculated on next pandemic okay that would be a killjoy move it it would be harmful possibly to people. Like this is why we love sports. There's no harm in it. It's okay. I'm ready to you know, Devin, you know, we, we love as many listeners as possible. If you don't like the reckless speculation lifestyle, then we're just we're not for you. That's fine. All good. It's a reckless speculation lifestyle. Reckless okay. flip flops. Flip flops. That's Hawaiian what, shirts. That's how you envision the reckless speculation lifestyle. Oh, it's definitely flip flops. <laughs> Bill Belichick. On an island, sipping a sipping a sex on the beach. All right, we got to go. go. This has been Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We'll see you guys tomorrow.